we, we kind of, when we get a little bit reflective, we know quite a bit about ourselves and we're like, oh God, it gets a bit depressing. But really, it's, it's hearing about the pastimes of the Lord, exactly what we've been doing these few days, that is going to create such a revolution in the heart. And it's going to create such, um, such bring about such a beautiful, <coughs> wonderful change, actually. And on so many levels, the pastimes of the Lord, it work, they, work, they work on so many levels. They work on the level of the mind, that they really attract us. That's why, um, that's why Shulav Yasadev, he, 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 um, he wrote down um, the descriptions of the Lord, because in the mind, they attract us. On the level of the intelligence, they tell us the difference between, between right and wrong. We, in, in many of the um, stories that Rafi Hari Prabhu shared with us, he was able to tell us what lessons can we learn from these. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm reading through, I just read it. But when Rajvi Haripabu was revealing to us, he really um, engaged our intellect so that we can change our behaviours. So we talked about the level of the mind, we talked about the level of the intellect. On the level of the ego, it changes us as well. It changes our, self, our sense of self, our sense of I. The ego is our sense of who we are. But when we read the pastimes of the Lord, and we read about the devotees, we read about the Lord, then we, 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 when we start hearing about Hanuman, we start thinking, actually, maybe I would like that type of service attitude, if only I could serve like this. So in that way, on so many levels, and finally, on the level of the, the Atma, on the level of the soul, it completely purifies the heart. In fact, um, I say it, it purifies the heart, because sometimes we think, oh, I've got to clean my heart, I've got to do this process of devotional service, it says in the Shuma Bhagavatam that you don't have to do anything. Actually, by attract, when you listen, when you hear the pastimes of the Lord, it attracts the Lord. So he comes, he likes to hear his own glories. He comes and he actually cleans all the dirt in your heart. So in that way, it's such a beautiful process. Um, it's such a beautiful process to hear. And it's so easily done when we're in this beautiful environment of New Mayapur. We're here all together. Um, we've got the morning program to support us. Uh, those of you that actually turn up. <laughs> I've been doing a register. Can't see many of these faces here. I've been turning it myself. So I know. <laughs> um, but um, we've got the beautiful deities. We've got the, we've got the Aritis. We've got Prashadam. And we've got each other. And we had uh, the association of New Krishna Prabhu and Vajbi Mari Prabhu. So it's so easy to sit and to listen and to really relish these pastimes from the Ramayan. But sometimes, I don't know if you guys find, but sometimes when you go home after the retreat, it kind of goes downhill again. And even though you're so fired up during the retreat, you're like, oh, I'm going to do this every day. And Rajvi Haripabu said this, I'm going to do this. But somehow or other, it doesn't last and we go a little bit down. Does anyone find that sometimes after a retreat? I find it. I find it. Uh, what I wanted you to do is I wanted you to uh, talk to the person next to you and just... I, want, I wanted you to analyse, in terms of, at the moment, we're really absorbed in the pastimes of Lord Ram, we're absorbed in the pastimes um, of, of the Ramayana. I wanted you to, um, to just have a think. On a normal day, when you're at home, what level is your absorption in the pastimes of the Lord? So that might be in, in Krishna book, or in Shuma Bhagavatam, or in any of Shri Prabhupada's small books, or in the Ramayana. Would you, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you say it is on a normal, typical day, whether it's a school day, a college day, or a work day for you? You can talk to a person next to you for a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
There is here in the region, right? How much is the engagement? Well, I say like three, maybe. Three, like I'm not reading much. It's bad. I'm reading more non-cases. Yeah, proper memories is good. I watched that. Oh, yeah. Classes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't understand the, 
the importance and yeah and you won't understand the importance until you actually pick it up definitely thank you did you have a suggestion Jane, or were you stroking your dad's head we need some words of wisdom now <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm going to volunteer another reason um, th these are all amazing reasons and I I've experienced them all myself as well another reason is that when you hear the pastimes of the Lord, they're not as interesting because Krishna's the centre, you're not the centre. Isn't it that sometimes when you hear, if someone's even, you know, at a distant place they're talking about, you think, hang on a minute, was that, was that about me? And then it's like, oh no, talk about someone else. But, um, you, you know, you really perk up, but really that's because we want to be in the centre. And when you hear that, okay, Krishna's in the centre, yeah, okay, nice story, but really, we're, we're more alert when actually we're in the centre. And um, then it becomes a little bit more difficult to engage. But when we hear the pastimes of the Lord, um, when the reason that the Lord is there, and there are also many, many devotees with him, like in the Srimad Bhagavatam and in the Ramayana, there's many devotees, not just Ram, there's many devotees, and the reason that they're also there is that so we can identify with those characters. When we see Vibhishan, we can identify with him, having to make such a difficult choice for the right reasons. When we, uh, and we can, the, the more we really try to put ourselves in their shoes or follow in their footsteps and really try to feel those emotions, like what must Vibhishan have been feeling at that time? When Hanuman, um, you know, when, when Hanuman was serving or when Garuda came, like this, <coughs> on the battlefield, um, this is an amazing pastime for me when Garuda comes and he sees Ram and Lakshman. There's different versions of this same pastime, but I'll say the one that I've been told that, that he sees Ram and Lakshman on the on the battlefield, and he's thinking, usually it's me and my Lord that are going to rescue someone else, but here I'm coming to rescue the Lord, my Lord. So he's almost like a little bit confused. And these type of things when you when you see these, they, they, when you hear these type of pastimes, they intrigue you. Um, so that's also there. So in this way, <coughs> really, um, to, to make the best out of, or to get the best out of Krishna's pastimes, we really have to try to go deep and absorb ourselves, and to try to identify with the emotions that the characters are feeling as well. So I wanted to share a story with you, a story of a famous king many, many years ago, um, of South India, Radnat Maharaj recounts this wonderful um, pastime in his South India Yatras. So I wanted to share it with you. So <coughs> the, the king is King Kulashekar, but even in King Kulashekar's dynasty, his dynasty was so auspicious, there was one king called King Martanda Varma. And these kings, they were so devoted to the Lord that their understanding was, is that the Lord is the king. That even though they're the king, they say, no, the Lord is the king. And he would take his crown. He took his crown. He took his, his, the yaktail whisk and the umbrella, these signs, of, um, these signs of the royal order. And he put them before, um, he, he put them before Lord Badmanaba, Ananda Badmanaba, who is his worshipful deity. And he was saying, actually, you are the king. And I am just the guardian of the kingdom just for now. So in this way, you can see that they were so devoted to the Lord. So even in King Kulashekar's um, lineage, he, he had the Chira dynasty. Um, King Kulashekar, his father, his name was Dridharata. 
And this, this king, what he would do is daily he would come before Ananta Padmanabha and he would read a report of what was happening in the kingdom. So twice daily they would all come and they would pay obeisances <coughs> to the deity and they would give a full report of everything that has happened in the kingdom because they said that you are actually in charge. And King Fridavarta, he didn't have any children at that time, so he prayed to Lord Vishnu. And his prayers were finally answered when King Kulasheka was born. And King Kulasheka, he was such an amazing king. He was such a king that um, he, was, he was very gifted, he was very knowledgeable. In every way, he was qualified. And in fact, there are, there are about three different provinces in South India that are usually governed by different kings. But actually, he was ruling over all three of those provinces because um, obviously he was very powerful, but also the fact that all of the citizens of all of those provinces saying, we want, um, we want King Kulasheka to rule over us. So he ruled over all of those places. So <clears throat> he had everything he needed materially. Materially, he had everything. But really, he wasn't satisfied. He said that... You know, when he saw his royal opulences, he said, these are just like tigers that are surrounding me. All of these material opulences, it's like a fire surrounding me. All I want to do is I want to go to Sri Rangam. That's all I want to do. I want to go to Sri Rangam. I want to be with my Lord. He would, and really, his ministers were worried because they thought, we have such an amazingly wonderful king. Um, we need to keep him here. And the king keeps on saying that he just wants to go to the Holy Dam. He just wants to go to the Holy Dam. So then his ministers thought, okay, so our king, he, he loves being with the Vaishnavas so much that let's bring the Vaishnavas here so the Vaishnavas can you know, spend time with him. And then as soon as the Vaishnavas come, this king was so saintly that immediately he would serve the Vaishnavas, he would hear instructions from the Vaishnavas and get their association in that, association in that way. So what they did is the ministers would regularly call the devotees to spend time with him. <coughs> In addition to that, because King Kulusheka, he was addicted to hearing the Ramayan. He was addicted to all the scriptures, but particularly the Ramayan. And he would hear this every day without fail. And the ministers thought, okay, if he hears, if we can, if we can keep him here, if we just give him the association of devotees, and if he's regularly hearing the scriptures. So that's what they would do. And he had... Um, a very capable minister. Um, and his minister, uh, his, his main priest, every day he would read from the Ramayan. So, <coughs> so every day, um, yeah, his minister would read from the Ramayan. So yeah, his priest would read from the Ramayana every day. So one day they read the passage. They read the passage in Panchavati when Shapanika comes along. So when Shapanika comes along and she tries to allure Lord Ram, and Lord Ram really, he's, he's as Radhvi Hari Prabhu mentioned, he was joking with her. He thought, who is this ugly lady? But he thought, okay, let, let's humor her a little bit. 
And then he says, oh, why don't you go for Lakshman? And then Lakshman, he's really horrified. And, um, you know, and then Shapanika, she feels insulted. So she runs towards uh, Sita to attack her. And then Lakshman cuts off her nose. So, so what, Shapanika, what Shapanika does is she runs quickly towards um, Kar and Dushan, who are nearby in Janistan. And she said, Kar, Dushan, you know, what are you doing? And then they look at her, they see her nose has been cut off and she's bleeding profusely. And they said, what's happened to you? And she said, what's happened to me? What's happened to you? You know, what are you doing standing there? I have been insulted and you're just standing there like weaklings. Go and avenge me. So as Rajvi Haribu mentioned, then, um, you know, 14 of, of the main Rakshasas, they went and they had no luck. So then 14,000 of these, um, of these Rakshasas, they, they descended upon uh, Panchavati. And meanwhile, Ram could see, okay, we're being attacked here. So he plays with the soldiers for a little while and then he says, okay, Lakshman, you take Sita to a mountain cave and <clears throat> you guard that cave. Make sure Sita is safe by all means. I'll take care of these guys. So 14,000 soldiers and just one Lord Ram is there. Now, we know that Lord Ram is nothing to him, right? Has anyone got any doubts here? No. But when King Kulashekha heard this, when King Kulashekha heard this, he said, my Ram! 14,000 soldiers! Ram! He needs help! He said, um, when the passage was read out, it said, there twice 7,000 giants stand, with impious heart and cruel hand. Here Ram stands by virtue known. How can the hero fight alone? So then he said, how can he fight alone? We must march. Everybody, uh, um, get the commander. Uh, arm all the, you know, get, get all the soldiers. Arm, arm everyone. We must march towards Panchavati. We must help Lord Ram. So everybody there, is sitting and thinking, um, doesn't he know this, this, um, this pastime happened many, many years ago in the previous yuga? So everybody looking at each other thinking, um, I'm not sure about this. But, in, but it, it wasn't like in these days where the prime minister says something and then they have to go to the parliament and then the, you know, everybody takes a vote. In those days when the king says something, everybody has to do it. So everybody stood up. And everybody, they had to get the, the armies, they had to get their horses. Everybody was marching full speed ahead towards Panchavati. And it was about a thousand miles away from where they were. But still, the king, he, he had this one objective in mind. We have to go there. We have to support Lord Ram. He can't do this on his own. We need to help him. So the ministers were scratching their head. They said, what should we do? This, the king is, um, he, he's really gone off on one here. So what he said, the minister said, I know. He sent a, a, a regiment to go ahead. And then he said, come back on yourselves. Meet, uh, meet the king halfway and say, it's okay, king. Yeah. Um, we managed to, we, we got there in time, but Ram managed to, to win the fight. And that's what they did. So the ministers, they came uh, <coughs> ahead and then they double backed on themselves. They met the king halfway and they said, it's okay. Um, we, we were just with Lord Ram, it's over now, um, you know, uh, Ram is reunited with Sita and they're all peaceful in Panchavati. 
And so the king was so relieved to hear this. The king was so relieved to hear this that he, um, you know, they headed back to the kingdom and they held a massive celebration. They held a really big celebration to celebrate the fact that Ram has been victorious. So from that day, they decided, right, we will read Ramayana, but we have to really just stick to the nice bits. We can't stick to any, we can't read anything that might set the king off. So from that day, they were actually very, very cautious about what they read. They just read the stories of the nice forests and, <coughs> um, you know, the interactions between Ram and Sita and the interactions between Lakshman and how he was serving them so nicely in the forest. And the king, when he would hear this, he was he was just so um, enwrapped with, in that pastime. He was just so happy to hear these pastimes. But one day, the minister was away. And his son was taking over the reading. And um, <coughs> when he was... At, and no one told the son that don't read any of the... Um, don't read any of the, the, the bits that might upset the king. So what happened where is that the son started reading and he was reading the section when Ravan approached Marich. And he said to Marich his devious plan. So then as the king's hearing this, he started... Really? Oh no, this is terrible. So he's really soaking it up and he's getting really quite worked up. So he hears about the plan and then he hears that Ravan has come to Panchavati and Maricha has, in the form of a deer, has taken Lord Ram away from the scene. And then how Lakshman has also gone towards Lord Ram. And as he's hearing this, the king's getting more and more agitated because he feels like he's right there in the pastime at that time. He's feeling all of these emotions and he feels he needs to do something. So then, <clears throat> but the boy continues because he doesn't know about this special condition. Some of the, some of the court, court people are looking around thinking, oh no, oh no, here, here we go again. But um, as, this, as, as the minister's son is reading on, <coughs> then he mentions how Sita is kidnapped. By Ravan. And at that point, King Kulasheka, he stands up and he said, What do you mean? Ravan, this horrible demon has touched Mother Sita. He said, We must march. He said, What are you doing standing, sitting there? He said, Sita, we will rescue you. We will help Lord Ram. And then all of the people that are sitting there, they're thinking, Oh my God, what are we going to do now? Everybody stands up, they get the armies ready, like a huge army is now marching towards Lanka. So they're marching at full speed towards Lanka, and the ministers before, they thought of a clever plan. But this time they're thinking, what are we going to do? There's like an ocean between us and Lanka. I don't know how we're going to solve this one. So then finally they get to the edge of the ocean, and everybody at that point is thinking... Okay, surely now he's going to wake up. He's going to come to his senses and say, oh, it's okay. But no, the king, with sword in his hand, charges straight into the ocean. And everybody is just looking on, thinking, our king, our king, what are we going to do? And just as the tip of his sword is just seen, and then, it's dis and then it completely disappears. Everybody is absolutely beside themselves. Meanwhile, in Ayodhya, Sita says to Ram, 
Run. Run. Our devotee. Our devotee is in danger. And Lord Ram himself with Sita Devi, they come and they meet King Kulasheka in the ocean and they say, Dear King, it's okay. Um, I've got Sita Mata with me now. I, I managed to kill Ravan. He has been defeated. And now we will go back to your kingdom. And then the king says, Oh, okay. Oh, wonderful. So in this way, can you see how this king, King Kulasheka, it's like this, um, this pastime was happening here and now. This pastime, uh, <coughs> it wasn't a story to him. It wasn't a story to him. This pastime was really um, was his reality. And this is, this, is, um, this is a really nice example of absorption. And it's also um, an example that we can take of how can we um, even get a tiny bit of that absorption. <coughs> In the, in the pastimes of the Lord. Now, I'm not expecting anyone to um, do, any, do anything. Now, we have heard about the pastimes of Lord Ra, but for some reason, no one was moved enough to think, oh my God, we've got to do something about this. But, um, <clears throat> but we can get a glimpse of that also. I mean, in some ways, um, there are so many things when we're at home that absorb our consciousness, whether it's Netflix, uh, different music. Sometimes when you hear different music, it invokes different uh, emotions, like when you hear about, oh... Um, you know, she left me, it's never going to happen again, you know, all this kind of stuff. And you start feeling like that and you think, you know, even if nothing's happened to you, you start feeling these same emotions. Um, whether it's movies um, or gossip, you know, these type of things, they really absorb our consciousness. I was talking to Rina Kishori yesterday, that even, uh, let's say, for example, especially things, they can go really deep into our consciousness, like arguments. You know, like when you are, when you're having an argument, you're so present. You're like, okay, you know, that person said this. If they say this, then I'm going to say this back to them. And you're just hoping that they say something back. Like me and Brenda have had a few face-offs, you know. I'm thinking, if she says that, then I'm going to say this. And then instead of saying the thing that I wanted her to say, she's like, oh, I'm really sorry. And I'm like, no, 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 can you just say the other thing, please, you know. So I can counteract with my, my killer argument. But in that way, sometimes you are so present in the moment. You're so present in that that it really, it leaves a very, very deep impression. But really, are these the type of impressions that we want to be left with? So we've got to think about the type of impressions that we, we, we really want to go deep. Or the type of impressions that we might have are the, the impressions of um, maybe a, a relationship that either went well or didn't go well. So, <coughs> so in terms of how to reach this stage of... Um, of absorption in the Lord and absorption in the pastimes of the Lord, it starts actually very, very simply. It starts very simply. If we just, um, if we just make an effort to uh, just start by every day, I think Rajri Haripurva also said this, every day just dip into the pastimes of the Lord, just open the book. Uh, there was one preacher who said that he was going to different people's houses and um, <coughs> You know, he looked on their bookshelf and he said, oh, so, uh, he said, have you read any of the Prabhupada's books? And he goes, no. And he goes, oh, but you have uh, the Bhagavad Gita as it is, you know, but it's still in cellophane. And the person said, yeah, I like to keep it as it is, you know. <laughs> so, um, but this is not what we want to do. We want to, um, even if it's just one minute a day. So Rajvi Haribur, in a previous, um, a previous seminar, he mentions, he mentioned something called micro-habits. 
that if you do something for just one minute a day, okay, just one minute a day, even Vesheshika uh, Prabhu, uh, he said, just touch the book. Just touch the book. So what I'd like you to do now is I would like you to, um, to uh, talk to the person next to you or maybe uh, in little groups. And I'd like you to maybe discuss how can you increase your level of absorption? So whether it's you know doing one minute a day of reading or just touching the book or try and think of something, a little mini commitment that you can make that will help you to um, absorb yourself in the pastimes of the Lord. Um, and try to be specific, if that's okay. So you can set a time frame where you can say, okay, this uh, before I do this or before I eat, I want to make sure that I have uh, read something. So can you do that now?
classes kind of actively is, is one thing but also when you're doing another task mm. like even by passive listening mm. you can still gain a lot of knowledge yeah, yeah. and it's kind of <coughs> it's good it's a good way of multitasking <coughs> yeah definitely thank you um any other questions or comments yeah so uh, this is something i want to i started on trip and want to continue on to like uh, after trip is I'm reading a couple of pages of Krishna book before I go to bed. Oh, nice. uh, yeah, I think I forgot someone said to do that. I forgot which devotee. I think a kind of the probably said that in one yeah. of his classes. Like he used to do that in Ashram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, definitely. That's so relishable. Thank you. Yes. Uh, you. Read... I forgot what thing it is to read every night. Yes, I do. I do. What thing is it? It's Shiva Bhagavatam. Oh. <laughs> We <laughs> <laughs> do sometimes skip, so this time I'm thinking, no, no skipping, we've got to, we've got to keep to it every day. Yeah? Okay. So, <coughs> uh, girls, want to share anything? You don't have to. Yeah. What do you do about waking up earlier? Because for me, I think the earlier I wake up, the less energy I have Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, less distraction if you wake up early, you can do your summer then. Thank you. Good. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing about how, like, chanting, like, I, I shouldn't, like, just leave it to the last minute. I should, it's better to do it in the morning, so, so we're, like, waking up earlier and then do it, like, when it's peaceful in the morning time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Before school. Yeah, but when you can get, if you can get, just like, if there were two containers, and if you had to get some, uh, or if there was one container you had to get rocks and sand in, what should you put in first? Why? Sand for Okay, if you put the big rocks in first, then the sand will fit in the gaps. So sometimes we have a load of sand and it's like this, <coughs> this long list of sand, you know, like rubbishy things that just keep attacking you, little things on the list of things to do. Um, and we think, well, I can tick this many things off if I just do these things first. And it feels more satisfying, but at the end of the day, when maybe you haven't chanted your rounds or you haven't done any reading, you feel so rubbish inside, even though you've ticked all those other things off. So really, we must go for the big rocks. We must go for the big rocks. Put those big rocks in first. So what are those big rocks, which are an absolute must? What are the big rocks? Yeah. Chanting. Chanting. Yes, chanting. What else is a big rock? Maybe two big rocks. Reading. Yes, reading. Thank you. Listening to lectures. Three big rocks, yeah. Any more big rocks? Okay, we've got chanting, reading, listening to lectures. Even if you do it for one minute. Yes? I was going to say um, visiting the temple. Yeah. Is it, is it, uh, yeah. It's okay. yeah, yeah, visiting the temple. Sometimes our big rocks for do, uh, are, are a little bit different. 
um, according to our nature, but chanting and reading, listening to lectures, they should be done no matter what. Yeah. Service, some sort of service. Yeah, some sort of service to keep you engaged, definitely. Yes, go back. Uh, worshiping the Lord. Worshiping the deity, yeah. Yeah. Are they worshiping your deity at home or going to the temple to see the deity? So yeah. Some sort of deity. Seeing the deity, yeah, definitely. So, <clears throat> yeah, these are definitely the big rocks. But when it comes to chanting, reading, hearing lectures, they're a non-negotiable. They have to go on no matter what. Okay, and in fact, when it comes to hearing especially, that even if you stop everything else, if you keep hearing, then it will give you the intelligence that actually maybe I, maybe I do need to go to the temple, maybe I do need the association of devotees, maybe I do need to chant. Do you see what I mean? So in that way, really try and keep that quite strongly. Um, and we'll find that even if we start small, if you have a, if you have a big rock, oh, that's, a big one. that's a big rock, if you have a big rock, a tiny little drop, can make a hole in that rock. Mm. Am I talking rubbish here? Wait, how? 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 Who's it how? How? how can it make a hole? Over time. Over time. Yeah. A boulder. Okay. Over time. Okay. Over time. Okay. If that same, if that drop hits in the same place, if one little drop in the same place every day, what will happen? Erosion. Erosion, so it will create a hole in that rock. So don't underestimate this process that we have of Krishna consciousness. It's so powerful. It is so powerful that don't underestimate it. Don't underestimate that one round. You might think you're a real loser. I'm going to one round. Can't tell that to anyone. You know that one round or even that one mantra. It is so powerful. That one word that you say, okay, I'm just going to open the book and read one word of Krishna book. That is so powerful. So don't underestimate it. Because remember what I said earlier, that it is there to create a revolution. A revolution in the impious lives of the world's misdirected civilization. It's very, very powerful. And it can actually have a profound effect. Um, <coughs> I sometimes share the story that when, I, when we were doing university preaching at the manor, um, there was a few of us on that preaching team, and one of them was Keshav Swami. And it's interesting, back then he was just Sandeep Shah, you know? And he was like, any one of you, any one of you sitting there, it was little Sandeep Shah. It was, it was actually, he was never little, I'll tell you that much. But he was, he was there, just, just like any one of you. But somehow, because he took this process seriously, because he took this process seriously, that what he is, what he is able to do for Srila Prabhupada, what it enables you to do for Srila Prabhupada is profound. And it's beyond what you feel that you are yourself capable of. Um, I remember when we used to do unit preaching, every time we'd drive the prasadam there, and I'd just make small talk with Shujan, anyone know Shujan? Tell cheesy jokes and stuff like that. We'd sit, just sit there telling cheesy jokes and stuff. Um, and meanwhile, I just noticed that, that Sandeep, Keshav Maharaj, he'd just go missing. Every time we went for university preaching, he'd go missing. Where is he? Where, do we need to search the uni bar? Where is this guy gone? You know? No idea where he's gone. And it's only after a long time that I realised he finds an empty classroom he reads. So it's almost like he steals time away because one typical thing when you're in the ashram, and I don't know if you can find this boys, you might have found this, is there's so, there's so much service that you don't have time to read. Some, oh, maybe you did have, maybe you had too much time again. But anyway, at that time anyway, 
Um, there was, you know, there were so many things to do, but he would steal these bits of time. It's like snacking from the fridge. I do that quite a lot, as you tell. But, you know, it's like snacking from a fridge. He would steal bits of time where, I'm going to read now, I'm going to read now. I saw Sarina Radhika, she was like, she, she keeps his, the Watering the Sea book with her, you know? She was just taking any moments. With three children, it's so hard to do these things. But still, she takes these moments to try and think, how can I engage myself? So in that way, when we also really try to engage ourselves and we try to use our time effectively, um, we can become such an amazing instrument of the Lord. Imagine if Srila Prabhupada, he wants to, um, he has a mission for us. Imagine if there's a toolbox and all of those tools are blunt. They're not useful, you know? So you need to sharpen the saw. You need to sharpen the saw. Every single day, sharpen that saw with knowledge and it will purify the heart and in that way from that absorption we said that that absorption in the pastimes of the Lord it creates about a revolution inside but we can't create a revolution outside yeah we're not going to do anything with kind of saying we can't create a revolution outside until that revolution has happened inside. inside that revolution needs to happen inside okay so thank you for your kind listening I'm just going to round off by just reminding us that um, <coughs> that we, we talked about um, the amazing example of King Kulashekha. King Kulashekha, he was so absorbed in the pastimes of the Lord, he was so absorbed in the pastimes of the Lord that, you know, th- this, is, this is our aspiration, that when he heard that Sita, that mother Sita had been kidnapped by Ravan, the demon Ravana. Ravana kidnapped Sita? Oh, what are you all doing? How can you stay sitting here when Lord Ram needs our help? Oh, march through the mountains, hills, and 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 hills,
talked at Hassan about some pushing MRI and for helping us find a practical way to be more absorbed and not And also for that, it's a yeah, it was nice to see Charlie dance. <laughs> so, ice cream served this afternoon between 2.30 and 6 in the restaurant, and it's after much haggling, 2 euros. Workshops start at 11 a.m., so please get to your respective workshop on time. Lunch prep is red boys and girls. Lunch serving is yellow girls, and lunch cleanup is yellow boys. There you go. <laughs> One last thing, sorry. <coughs> There's been a bit of a change to the schedule. Uh, timings are all the same. The afternoon session is an optional Q&A. Um, so he's going to host an optional Q&A. You guys can also take that time to sleep. But please be there for the evening session at 7.15 with your notebooks. Because that's like a super important session to round up this Ramayan topic. Um, and then the ninth, we have a special surprise for you. Obviously, tomorrow's a Harinam day. Um, so yeah, um, four thirty, 3.30 is an optional Q&A. Take the time to sleep if you need to. Because I know you guys are all tired and coughing. Um, and in the evening at 7.15, please be there with the notebooks. It's super important that you're there. Hi, Krishna. <laughs> Uh, how service? What time? What time will we do? Okay. <laughs> <laughs>